The changing landscape of the housing market in Las Vegas requires a real estate professional that understands how to get your offer accepted, willing to go above and beyond for service and accountability. Hi, my name is Dan French. I've been in the real estate and financing industry for over 13 years. Most real estate agents struggle with answering their phone. Please call me directly, 702-557-6176. I'm available for all your real estate needs. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Dan French. This is a Tuesday. You guys know what this is. This is the French Workbench Podcast. We have a great show for you today. Uh, I'm your host, streaming live from Las Vegas. I have a couple of guests in here in studio, uh, Mr. Doug, Doug Leibig and uh, Las Vegas Home Inspections. Doug, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Uh, just staying busy, man. Staying busy. Trying to keep ahead of the game. You got anything new that's going on? What's, what's going on? It's hot, right? It's starting to get hot out there? Uh, yeah, it's getting warm. Getting real hot, actually. It'll get get hotter as the summer goes. <laughs> so, guys, we also have a special guest here, and I want to bring him up here in a second. Um, so, first off, thank you, guys. We're the most real behind-the-scenes information regarding financing, real estate, money talk, entrepreneurs, which we have one. Also, a uh, builder, high-end builder, very good guy here today, Mr. Steve uh, Escalante. Right. How you doing? Yeah. How you guys doing? How you doing, sir? Great. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be on the show. It's it's a pleasure to uh, talk some shop. So I, I love it. Yeah, man. So thank you for coming on. So we have a lot of information that I want to chat with you about today. Uh, so first off, um, you know, you you have a you're a builder, right? And you guys offer a lot of different variety of things as far as your company. And so your yep. company is what live. So uh, we have a new community. It's a new company that we're rolling out a new concept called Live Homes. Yeah. Um, it's it's a really, really exciting concept. Um, I, I'd hate to say and be cliche, revolutionizing the uh, building industry, but uh, we're definitely trailblazing um, with what we're doing uh, with our Live communities and the Live concept. But, uh, but yeah, we've been in the custom home space, um, growth luxury homes. Uh, it's a luxury custom home company. I've uh, been building, we've been building uh, custom homes here from uh, the early to like mid 2000s. Mid 2000s. Mid 2000s. So. Let's, let's take a look at your uh, website here. So, you know, you were on a couple of podcasts or at least one I know of, but you've been on podcasts before, correct? We've, we've been, yeah, we've been, uh, you know, kind of talking about the community, the concept, even before what you see here, um, you know, various interviews, the newspaper and, and just talking about uh, what's coming up. You know, people have been waiting for uh this concept waiting for the you know the to see the idea and uh it's it's an amazing thing to now share it with the world so we're excited about that a lot of hard work's gone into it we have an amazing team the founders uh so innovative you know philippe and, and yeah. uh, our design team and international design team so we're really excited for this project to drop. I mean, it's super, super nice. Yeah, so I want to uh, ask you a couple things. So first off, we'll look at this. Let's look at our web, the website that you have here. This is uh, it's Neo Las Vegas. This was 
This is your website, Live Homes, right? L-I-V-E. Yeah, yeah. This is actually a you know a view from the living room of one of the lots. You have a you know panoramic strip view. Nice. But these high vaulted ceilings, just fresh design. It's it's something different that we wanted to bring to the market, um, and it's really we wanted to create that you know 10 15 20 million dollar feel yeah. when you're in the space mm-hmm. and offer that at, at a semi-custom price man that's crazy though starting out at 2.8 is that 2.8 yeah 2.8 nice. yeah, is our base you know base model price you know plus the land and and it and it's just it gives you a, a just a different experience and a different option in the marketplace right now yeah that, so go ahead is, is that is that uh, mainly are you on the east side or west side? You know what? It's it's funny you mentioned we're on both. So we okay. have an east side product in the south, the Neo it's in Henderson, uh, Magnus, which is our new community rolling out on the west side. Okay. Um, that's that's going to be coming up, and, and the price point there is going to be you know about one point five million to about three. Are are you up on the Red Rock side, like on Charleston area? No, you know what? Or? We're we're going to be closer to the southwest corridor. Okay. Um, and the reason why we selected that, you know, there, there's so much density right now in Summerlin, mm-hmm. and uh, we really looked at from the future the the growth of the city. And the southwest corridor is one of the fastest emerging submarkets in the valley. Yeah. With it's you know high concentration of office and and amenities coming in. There's the new stations going in on that Durango corridor. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, we, we saw that uh, that area was lacking a lot of uh, new product, great product. So we really saw that as an opportunity, and we're excited. We have 95 homes going in there, so it's, That's it's awesome. been great. Yeah, that whole corridor is just blown, blowing like up, blasted since, uh, like, the last crash. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's crazy what's happening down yeah, there. Yeah, UFC's gone in there. And <laughs> Everyone's in there. UFC, Ikea, Pepsi, Ikea, yeah. Yeah. and, and so now I, us live, so we're excited. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are excited. Awesome. Yeah, that's uh well, it's a, it's a younger crowd down there, too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really hip concept. I mean, if, if you want to kind of pop through yeah. the community and hit Magnus. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, hit communities there. Okay. Um, you, you mentioned something. It's, it's, a, it's a hip demographic that's going into that southwest corridor. There's a lot of foodies, great restaurants up and down that rainbow corridor. Um, you know, as you scroll down, you can kind of see this is a really fresh new concept going uh, into that southwest. If you keep scrolling down, yeah, this is just a little teaser sneak peek of, of wow. what's coming. It's crazy. You know, this is stuff yeah. that you haven't seen uh, yet in our marketplace. No. It, it's. I, I like to think this is some things that you kind of see on you know on the island of Mallorca or you know it, it's just <laughs> yeah. it's a fresh exactly. feel. And uh, and I know because you know we we travel a lot of places to kind of really scope. Beyond our travels, we, we really want to bring fresh new ideas to our city. We're an international city, so yes. Yeah, so you were you were bringing up a, a a thought process that I wanted to talk about, which is um, you look at Las Vegas, yeah, and you look at the growth, yeah, and you look at uh, where the city is heading. You look at the housing market yeah. where that's heading, and um, you know we talked a little bit about it that could Las Vegas become like a Dubai, right? A mini Dubai, <laughs> right? We talked yeah. about it, right? Yeah, we did. Is that it really on the table, or is that something just you know? Because look, Dubai's starting to get gambling yeah they're starting to come into their own you got a lot of investors going to dubai i mean is that really you really think that could happen where you have that huge separation you know and what do you know it's funny you say you know can it eventually be like dubai and and the way i look at the market you know i've traveled all over the world myself and i'd like to say that you know we're we're already there i mean i think we've even surpassed i mean dubai is 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 a uh it's an international market. You know, we're everywhere in the world. It's a hub. 
for yeah. that side of the world. Right. You know, whether it's Africa, the Middle East, and it's it's a, a hub for business. Right. You know, Vegas, we're starting to become a little bit of a mecca. There's a, a ton of businesses that are moving here in so many sectors. You know, that's one. But uh, from a lifestyle, the amenities and the offerings of our city, I definitely think that um, it's superior in a lot of ways. You know, we have gaming, but, you know, I don't know how many people want to go to a concert in Dubai, but I know a lot of people that want to go see the Stones in Vegas right. on a Vegas right. weekend. Or, Correct. Or so the, yeah. so we, we have a very unique offering from a lifestyle perspective that is unique in the world. Mm-hmm. And and you know it's just whether whatever is your fix you know if you want to go to the nightlife the day club restaurants shopping and spa you can really find whatever you know you like here in Vegas and I think that's what makes our city unique and, and the world is really starting to kind of catch on and from a lifestyle perspective people are starting to catch on that hey you can like live here three sixty five oh yeah you know and and uh, and enjoy it. You yeah. know, and enjoy it the way you want to enjoy. Enjoy it. the way you want it. So, well, yeah, we came. Go ahead. We came here about twenty five years ago, and uh, it's everybody's like, well, you know, I don't think anybody lives in Vegas, do they? You know, and it's it yeah, the whole thing. You know, yeah. and, and, and we saw, you know, we saw the growth through uh, uh, through the um, the uh, construction. I was uh, through the uh, engineering consulting business right. and all that, and every time we went out with a drill rig, you know, you're, you're, you're drilling for a new, some yeah. kind of new property, you know? And, and back then I remember back in the nineties, um, you know, Lake Mead Parkway from the 15 oh, was yeah. like two lane there, road. Yeah, there was no same road. <laughs> that was a two lane road all the way to the lake. Yeah. And, and, you know, you get off, uh, you know, there was no two fifteen, but it went as far as like, uh, if you were lucky wigwam, yeah, and yeah. everything else was yeah. dirt, you yeah, know, but, up in in uh, up and down Eastern. So, well, that's like I, I worked on uh, that St. Rose Hospital when they were building yeah. it, and to get across the road in the morning at, on uh, on Eastern, you'd sit there for for half an hour sometimes yeah. trying to get across the road because that was all the truck traffic going back and back and forth there on Lake Mead. It was uh, so it's amazing to see what's happened yeah. in our city and and yeah. to be a part of that and and just see the growth and the fluctuation, the crash of the market and just how that's affected. Yeah. Um, but you know, we have a long way to go. Our city, we definitely have a long way to go. So, sure. so that kind of builds me into this is that, um, you look at where the market's at today and you're starting out at 2.8. Yeah. Right. Um, is that, is that the starting price point for luxury? You think at this point, because we used to see a million, million five yeah. now, you know, what, what type of, I mean, cause it seemed like a lot of people have money today. You, you know, know what? It, I'm it's, just it's weird. It, it's crazy. You know, I, I look back. You know, I don't want to date myself, but we're in a different time. I mean, where where I grew up, you know, you were either a doctor, an attorney, and like the wealth looked different. You know, in, in this day and age, you know, and and, and being in the space and real estate and, and development and and you know, just dealing with a lot of high net worth individuals, you, the wealth is, looks different now. Absolutely. You know, you, you walk in and, and you got that 25 year old YouTuber yeah. or, you know, and, and, <laughs> it's, and, true, it, man. and it's just yeah. everybody's, you know, rich in, in some form or fashion. So how that looks in today's day and age is different, oh, yeah. you know, with with technology now. It, it's really changed the game. I mean, is, because- it, is it sustainable wealth, though? Like, let me give you an example. Like you got and look, I get it. If you invested into a house, right, you might make a lot of money. Right. Say you're a YouTuber, somebody that just, you know, right. it's kind of like a get rich quick if you know what you're doing. Correct. It is. So is that a sustainable lifestyle or is it, 
You know, you know what I mean? Can you, you know, really continue he, he, to here? You know, it's, it's, it's a very philosophical question and I'll answer this question with, um, I had this discussion coincidentally yesterday with someone, uh, about technology and, and this new wealth, you know, with, with regards to that, you know, technology is so innovative, you know, other industries, construction and, yeah. and, and other type of industries, for example, it, it's very consistent. You go in right. and every day you're doing something. Technology, what you did yesterday is obsolete today because it, you, you wake up, you have to continue innovating. Yeah. That's, that's the, what technology is. So even on a content level, your content yesterday is yesterday. If you're not putting out new content and staying ahead of the curve, mm -hmm. you're not relevant. Right. So it's an information kind of world in technology. And if you're not relevant, then you're not monetizing. Right. So in order to monetize, you have to stay relevant. So that industry, that's the game for that. Mm -hmm. So is it sustainable? Well, the market's changing, demographics are changing, what people are watching are changing. I mean, I just got into TikTok. I mean, I, I'm not a TikToker kind of guy, <laughs> Yeah. but my friend, she watched, she's on TikTok and I'm like, dude, you can learn everything on TikTok. And then I'm down a rabbit hole like for three hours on TikTok and I'm not even watching <clears throat> television. I'm like, uh, yeah. So you're seeing the content and it's really content driven on what's important to you. If, you know, do it yourself, backyard stuff's important, then that's what you're looking at. So the, the, the content and how it's aggregated in this day and age and this high speed era yeah. right. is so much more refined and hyper-focused. That's what makes it unique. And that's actually where there's opportunity because, you know, people are interested in different things. So if you're in a niche of something that you're the croquet master to do this and <laughs> right. that, there might be right. like millions of people that you're the number one of that in the world. And you can easily become the number one content of that. And before <clears throat> the content was just whatever the big corporate companies want you to see. Right now it's like, well, what am I interested in? Right. I'm on your podcast because I want to know what's the new information in town. Exactly. So that's why everybody's watching because there's like, well, what's he going to talk about next? Yeah, exactly. So that's the beauty of technology now and, and the content we're providing. So let's talk. I want to talk a little bit about you and take me into um, who is Steve Escalante, <laughs> right? Like what? Like we? You said you you were from here. Is that right? Tell no, me. I'm born and raised in Southern California. Okay, so where where did you get started on? having this as being the, it, maybe it's not your in end all, but yeah. get, where did you, how did you get to where you're at today? Dude, it, it, it was, uh, it was YouTube and, and I was on the side of Home Depot and here I am. Really? No, I'm just kidding. I, I was like, man, that's a, that's one of those stories. Oh, it's like, man. you got to write a book. Oh man. <laughs> I, I could probably write a book on, on my life story, but, um, you know, I grew up in Southern California, mm -hmm. um, very humble beginnings. Um, immigrant family. My father moved here from Mexico. Uh, my, my mom's family's from Central America. So pretty much everyone migrated here. I grew up Southern Cal, um, came out here for college. Okay. Where'd you go to college? Uh, UNLV. Okay. Um, and then never left, man. I mean, I, I got involved in hotel operations and, and, you know, being a part of these massive corporate conglomerates of, of casinos yeah. and seeing the inner workings and the complexity of that. Uh, I learned a lot and, uh, but I've always learned from every job and experience that I've kind of lived through, you know, I've always, you know, whether when I was in high school, you know, laying down tile or in flooring while I was going to school or riding my bike, you know, uh, 
working at Blockbuster Video at 16, you know. To, to Blockbuster help. Video. When is the last time you heard Blockbuster <laughs> oh, Video? Man. Dude, I'm dating video. myself. Oh, my. Probably. Video. What, like 15 years ago? Videotape or what? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I still have yeah. like a, like, I'm sure like a Betamax in boxes <laughs> really? and storage somewhere. So, I, well, I mean. I remember when that came out. Yeah. So, I mean, Betamax, you know, yeah. and, and you know, you, you kind of learn. I've, I've kind of picked up on. Every experience I've had, I've learned whether it's a customer service thing, whether it's uh, just to handle business with people, and uh, you know that whole experience all the way through. I mean, working, you know, under Steve Wynn and, and seeing how he kind of looked at yeah. things, uh, and he revolutionized the city. But yeah. being under that tutelage, you kind of learn a lot and absorb a lot. So Have you? So go you, ahead. Go so ahead. you uh, would you consider yourself a developer then? You know, I, I'd say. Uh, on certain days, yeah, I can wear the developer hat. Um, you know, if I need to be looking at, as an investor, I can do that on right. another given day. Um, but then I'm also very creative. I work with a lot of our creative teams too. You know, uh, I actually went to school for, uh, I wanted to be a, a film major. I wanted to be a film director. <clears throat> I, I love the art of, of the creative side of like telling the story and, and sure. visually. Yeah. Uh, being able to tell a story, so I think that's a that's a that's a very interesting part too, because I think a lot of people they get into a job, yeah, but they want to be the creator of something too. Like right, you kind of get stuck in that rut of doing the same thing, yeah. But yeah. it's like, well, I'm going to do my own business, and then if you got a real creative side, it's like, well, something's just I want to do something more. I want something else, you know. And I think there's a lot of people that exactly. are, are seeking that creative side to bring out in yourself, right? You know, and, and I think it, it's, it's you know, I don't want to say staying within your lane, but I think uh, succeeding in anything, it's it's knowing your strengths mm -hmm. and also knowing your weaknesses mm -hmm. and how are you going to counter your weaknesses in any given capacity. I mean, right. I know my strengths and I also know my weaknesses and your weaknesses, you got to counter that by surrounding yourself around other strong people. A lot of people are fearful to surround themselves around strong people because they're like, <clears throat> Uh, it's my knowledge and it's yeah. it's what's in my head but I, I honestly look at it as is if you can share knowledge and help people grow that's like the best legacy because you're everyone giving back yeah everyone you're giving yeah. back but everyone reverts to hey i know where i came from you help help me and yeah and it grows so yeah that's that's <clears throat> always the uh the, the concept that i've i've worked under is the more you more you give out the more you yeah. get back, it, isn't it, just, it weird how that works? It, it does. It does. And and once paying and, it forward, and I think people that are, you know, like you were saying, you know, people that would like to right. start a business or get out yeah. there and do something, you know, they're they're af they're afraid to to get to give anything of course. up, you know. Yeah. And I think that's the the biggest thing you, you have to overcome to get into a position. Yeah, I mean, I'm now. a firm believer in that. I I think yeah, everyone's blessed in in a certain way with different gifts that make them fantastic make everyone great yeah but you know part of being blessed is learning how to bless and be a blessing to like your staff your employees partnerships and everything and and, and i think that's kind of my approach it's worked you know knocking on wood it's 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 done me well to this day but uh but yeah i'm a firm believer in that i definitely believe that you know we got to give back and yeah. and help and, and the more you give the more you get man i think yeah. the interpersonal personal communication right is yeah. a big component in trying to hire people today. Yeah. Uh, I went, you guys probably, people don't know this, but when I was in college, what I did is I put, you know, I was working and I was doing serving, uh, did bartending oh, yeah. and all these things. Right. So what does that do? Right. It builds a foundation 
And a lot of people that go into sales yep. know how to treat people. Yeah. Right. You were in sales. Yeah. I was a bartender in college too. So, so I know. There you go. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so you met Steve. Did you meet Steve Wynn? I did. I did. I actually had a, a round table. He, one thing I really appreciated what, what he used to do is he would have these round tables um, with different departments. So you'd be sitting in a round table kind of like this. Right. And he would take the time to sit with, um, uh, like the, the, the entry level line employee yeah. with the management, with someone from the pool, all different parts of the organization in that round table and sharing ideas. And he would listen. He's like, that's a good idea. And then implementing. And, and it really engaged the staff to, to know that not only they're a part of a company, but they're a part of a company that's listening, mm-hmm. but also implementing these ideas. So I noticed, you know, when you're having three, 4,000 employees, you kind of see that as a whole, it's like, wow, that's why everyone's excited to come into work and have a little bit more pride in the place they work. And for me, that stuck out. And, and that's something that, you know, stuck out with me. So everything I do, I, I really want to be prideful in what I do, listen to the staff and, and really try to get them excited and be proud of what they're doing. Because if I'm fired up, that's awesome. they're fired up. Yeah, right? absolutely. Let's, let's talk about this, uh, the, your website. So you got Live Homes, yep. right? And so when you have somebody come in, let's talk about some of the things that you offer that other, let's say, builders don't yeah, offer, right? You know, let's talk about that. So, you know what? We really wanted to, to be disruptive and, and kind of turn the market upside down. And, and what that means for us is, you know, construct the construction industry, the way things are done and sold, it's just so antiquated. And yes. how it's being done because uh-huh. it's been this, done the same way the last 50 years uh-huh. and even more so with technology you see the evolution of te- technology phones information like why are things being done the same way mm-hmm. from the quality to the how the consumers engage just the whole experience and we said you know what we want to do something different not only the look and feel the quality how can we create value to the consumer in this price point that we we're rolling this out. Mm-hmm. And and for us, value goes far beyond just like the material. It's the whole package. It's the design. It's the material. It's the technology. It's the experience. It's, it's how you're engaging in the experience. So we took all of these pillars. Uh-huh. And, and this is what Live Home embodies. This is what it represents. And, and, and to start off, it's like, okay, well, let's start off with how do we get at that $10, $15 million home feel? and standardize it in a way where we can offer it at a set price. And when you walk into the home, you don't feel like you're walking into a $3 million home. You walk in and you're like, wow, this is what I normally see in that $100 million Beverly Hills house. Right. right. How can I create that feel at that price point? So that's what that's what the challenge was. And we said, okay, well, let's start with the design. Right. You know, we have an international design team and it's comprised of individuals from Paris office, uh, the Mediterranean, the Middle East and Dubai, here in the States and, and say, how, how can we create a collaboration to create something fresh and new? Because as you look at design across the country, here in the States, especially, it's starting to get stale. You know, you look at these production builders, for example, yeah. and they're taking the same cookie cutter footprint, putting it in every market. You go in, you select a uh, floor plan or a mm-hmm. model, and then you go in with no rhyme or reason to an option selection. And then before you know it, you thought you're at this price. And next thing you know, you're a million bucks above where you thought you're going to be. Right. That's just how it's been done. Yeah. Right. 
And we said, you know what? Let's take a different approach. Let's offer something, the experience that's unique. Let's offer a transparent experience that they upfront see their pricing and they can make their selections upfront of what options they want. But we, we didn't, we wanted to do it in a way that right out of the gate, the experience as a standard option, it's already at a custom level. So you're, be, you're, you're, you're already starting at a much el more elevated experience. So level five finish, um, you know, thermally broken window systems with like pocket door, 10 foot pocket, where most builders are giving you seven foot slider. Wow. We have a 10 foot pocket, this is standard, linear returns. I mean, you're going into like custom homes and you're, they see, a, you see apartment AC returns. It's like, what the heck? I'm spending yeah. four, yeah. five, six million bucks. Yeah. Uh, hollow corridors. Uh -huh. I mean, it's just, we're offering solid corridors. So all of these details, we said, okay, we're going to start off at custom at a start base. Wolf, Sub-Zero, all yeah. of that. Then what options can we offer? That's that wow factor. So yeah. the interior design team, they came in and, and they came up with three unique concepts. And, you know, on the website, you'll, you'll see it's, it's like Euro chic, which is a very European. It's got like, I'd like to say it's like Monaco, across with the detail of Dubai. Okay. It, it feels like a hospitality feel, you know, like you go to the addition in West Hollywood, you kind of see these elements. It's like very, very high luxury wow. kind of hotel, but it's, it's, it's got a little bit of a European flair. Mm -hmm. um, the other is a natural boho they came up with, that concept. That, so that concept, all the walls, everything is, there's a curvature to it, very soft flowing. It just has a flow to it. Right. And it's like Tulum meets the Hamptons. There's wood paneling options where it's soft, but it's organic. Mm -hmm. And that's in the same community. That's two completely different sides of the spectrum. Right. And then we said, okay, well, there's people that want modern. So yes. what's our modern interpretation? So uh, we came up with our modern flair, we're calling it. And that, when you kind of look at some of the, the stuff we're putting out, I'd like to say it's like Tokyo meets Miami. Oh, wow. It's got a fresh feel. You have some with pop colors that mm -hmm. pop through. Yeah. And that's the look and feel that now in one community, you can, you're not stuck with like, oh, it's just modern, so I got to live here. In that community, right. you can be modern. If you're very sophisticated and like trim and certain things, you have that. If you're just free-flowing and you're organic and this is what I want, clean, then you have that natural boho. It's like bohemian. Yeah. So right. that's what we wanted to create in one community. That's never been done. Because typically it's a standard plan, you know, but yeah, well, if you structurally it's the plan changes based on the structural. Like no builder's doing that. That's something you find a very high-end custom where, like, from the ground up, it has a theme, it's got a design, yeah. and all that's of really that. Cool. So that's really cool with what we're doing. But the last layers that we're adding on to that is the, sus the sustainable. Uh -huh. So these are net zero homes. So when you plug uh -huh. in the solar and everything, these homes, the idea is to have no power bill so it's sustaining your life. But it's also going to sustain your health with the technology that we're implementing. Yeah, um, there's going to be sensors throughout. This home's going to have a brain. So the home that you're living in, it's actually going to evolve the more you live in it. So think of the home when you're buying these live homes. It's like your iPhone. It's going to have a certain functionality. But a year from now, there's a new update that now the phone does something else. The home's going to do the same. Okay. Now, like you know, in a year from now, you might be able to talk to your home. They're working on advanced technology 
our technology arm that's out of Germany, they're already working on, they're forward thinking on new technology that they're going to be dropping these things into the home. And now you're home, you're going to be able to like, hey, you know, like, you know, live, turn on the AC and, and please do this and that. And the home's actually going to be able to respond to you accordingly, you know, like Alexa and Siri versus, right. hey, just text so-and-so. No, it's like, hey, you know, what's the power consumption? How much do I have in storage? Eventually, we're going to get to that. The technology is they're working on that because this is something that no one's ever done before. Right. As a, you know, there's a lot of great technology, but who's really putting that skeleton together, bringing that technology under one roof and executing in the home? I mean, you have a ring doorbell, you have low voltage, but then you got to hire someone to plug that in, plug this in. You have 20 apps on your phone. Right. But why not have one home solution that implements everything you can think of and beyond? Right. And that's what Live is. And that's what we're doing. And, and it's our, uh, our technology that, you know, our proprietary technology that, that's being implemented. And it's exciting. It's exciting what's happening. And we're going to be the trailblazers for this. You know, we're rolling this out here in uh, Nevada, these two communities, the first <clears> two <throat> prototypes. But the goal and the end all is to scale this across the country and eventually across the world. That's really cool. I, I think um, I don't I don't know that people actually consider our our economics and our our standard of living. Everything is engineered in this world. Yeah. And and once we get past these these stops, I think we're I think we're moving into a whole new a, a whole new world. I mean, I'm. Yeah, I'm 57, so I mean, I've I've seen you know before cell phones and right. all that other stuff, and and you know, <clears throat> and and, uh, and and I think when people can let go of the the past and look at the engineering that's behind what's going into the future, I think you're gonna, I think we're gonna see some incredible things, like like the stuff that you're talking about. My my background is actually engineering. Wow. And uh, and and the stuff that you're talking about is just like. It's blowing me away, especially for the housing industry, you know? Yeah, it's definitely and, different, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. You brought up a good point, and it's something that I always try to bring people back. I'm kind of a history guy. I, okay. lo I love history. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. um, you know, when you look back at history, you mentioned something that kind of stuck out. You were talking about cell phones and the cell phones changing. Yeah. And you asked a question about luxury. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. If you guys remember not too long ago, and I'm not going to date myself, but having... The cell phone, a brick phone. Yeah. Okay. Who had that back in the day when they rolled out? The Uber wealthy had a helicopter, oh, yeah. and he, oh, you got a oh. cell phone. You got a yeah. That thing was like that was huge. luxury back then. Well, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. had it in your car, right? You had, you had it in had your car. car back, right? That was yeah. luxury. Yeah. But if you look at history and what has history told us, luxury that was considered luxury now. The six-year-old kid on the corner walking to school has got a cell phone. Everybody's got a cell phone. Right. So luxury is caught up with the society and, and, and the masses. Right. In the same way, we're forward-thinking as well, and you know, as history has taught us. Right now, Live Homes, yeah, maybe it is a luxury product, but our vision for Live is Live is going to be for everybody. Everyone's going to live in a Live Home. That's our dream is eventually everyone, not just the luxury eventually everyone and we're gonna that's that's the roadmap we're looking at yeah right now it's the three to five million and whatnot and might change different markets but the future that we're seeing with sustainable and is everyone should have the opportunity to have this and eventually 
we're going to get there as you know the supply chain issues you know being vertically integrated and sourcing we're going to be able to refine this to be able to deliver this and it's what everybody does i mean look at tesla for example they came out with the model s hundred fifty thousand dollars who can afford that not your blue collar no. everybody no but now they refine their process and what is technology and history taught us hey now they're ready for the model three They've refined their processes. Now they can deploy something that's affordable for the masses because their long-term vision, when we were at Tesla's office, this was years ago when we were talking about how we're working together and partnering with them. First thing we walked in was their mission statement is to ex- accelerate the world towards a sustain- to being sustainable. Uh-huh. That's their vision is to how can we accelerate the world. And when we walked in, and I remember Philippe uh, walked in and, said, hey, this is how we're going to do it, one community at a time. That's how we're going to do it. And that's what Live is. It's embodying that idea, taking someone's you know, mission idea, but that's only one piece of a bigger puzzle. So we're also a piece of a much bigger puzzle, but you got to take that first step and you got to lead by example. So, well, so I want to think, go ahead. I think, uh, you know, you're, you're bringing Tesla in. Well, well, Tesla was all about free energy, yeah. right? So it's you know that it's it's free uh, energy think, free speech now right twitter twitter yeah i mean but no i mean it was that was his whole thing because he had uh tesla had the uh the fiber optics down back in the 1800s right, right? so but you look at you look at so let's talk a little bit about your guys's price range so you, you talked about luxury 2.8 right that's a starting yeah. and set on your website yeah. uh what about for people out there that uh don't meet the cut Right. I mean, so so the reason I'm bringing this up is yeah. to start off and say, well, can I that's probably the I wouldn't say it's the elite, but you got to be, you know, I'm saying the top probably 20 percent of income wage earning. It, 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 it is a higher end product right now in our city. But, um, you know, I think we mentioned, you know, last time we were we had the conversation yeah. is, you know, you got to also understand the, the the people that are moving into our city now are coming from a different um, just a different uh, market where, you know, what 2.8 million gets you, let's say, in California could be like a 1,500, 2,000 square foot house in the middle of Santa Monica, you know, a small house, where yeah. 2.8 here is getting you almost 4,000 square feet or 6,000 or, you know, you're living in a country right. club gated. And it's just like, wow. And, and And I had the conversation with someone today. They couldn't believe you know, oh my gosh, for less than six million, they're coming from the Bay Area, and they just like we just can't believe what we're getting here for our money. They're they're yeah. actually they can't shocked it. that it's that cheap. Well, it's that, and then when you get into the state tax, I and see. They start factoring all of these yeah. things. They're yeah. like, oh my gosh, you know what? Um, the amount of value that I'm getting, I'm not paying state tax. And again, it depends on what what bracket you're in. But honestly, I mean. You know, I know engineers in, in the Bay in California and, you know, they're making whatever, three, four, five hundred thousand. And they're like still living modest lifestyle because the That's, cost of living is, is just is changed in their marketplace. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is here we, 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 we don't have the same uh, type of economy here yet. I mean, we're we're predominantly tourist driven and. And uh, tourism is kind of our main, but that's changing fast. Well, well I mean, if you think about it, too, back uh, when, when we first got here in the 90s or so, yeah. uh, really the only um, luxury home 
product we had here was Spanish trails. Right? Yeah, that, that was that, that was, was it. it. That I was, mean, you made it to Spanish trails back then. You're like, dude, you're on top. Yeah, I'm on top of the world. Right. <laughs> yeah. you know? Or so. or the Las Vegas uh, Country Club. Right. That's like yeah, even before that, then. That you're D. like, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm I'm uh, like the movie and casino or something. What would you right. say the percentage of people actually buy your homes that that start that actually get a mortgage? You know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, today I was in a meeting with someone, and I was asking that that question. I said, "Oh, do you want to go cash or uh, or finance?" Uh-huh. And the money, they were like, "Well, we want to use other people's money still," and they had the wherewithal to do it. It's just, you know, cash is king, but if you can leverage properly depending on, you know, your economic situation, right? Um, you know, whatever your CPA directs and everyone has a different makeup and a different end all and on the reason why they're moving to, to Nevada uh, to take residency. But uh, it's an interesting question. I, I definitely think that uh, um, I ask these questions. Surprisingly, a lot of people are getting mortgages in that jumbo and yeah. a lot of the wealth is still utilizing those vehicles to kind of maximize, you know, their, yeah, it's a debt society. Let's know? say this. So, uh, I want to go over some statistics. All right. So I'm going to talk a little bit, um, the housing market. Yeah. So we see it softening a little bit. You, uh, you have people that say the consumer confidence has dropped 4.7% just overall in the nation. As far as housing, 76% say it's a bad time to buy a house. Right. Seventy three percent say expect mortgage rates to climb. Right. Even into next year. Uh, you got the Fed raising monetary policy or the Fed's fund rate, maybe another two times right. heading into t- 2023. Aggressive monetary policy. Yeah. Do you think that's going to impact your market? You know, I th- I'd like to say everything impacts the market. That's I'm going to start off with that. But, you know, it, it, it's really going to impact you if you're playing in the market. You know, what ends up happening is, you know, I'm going to go back to conversations I have had with people in the 90s and the 2000s. And people are like, oh, is this a good time to buy? It happened in the early 2000s. People are like, oh, you know, (laughs) it's a good time. Market's going up or rates. You got to remember back in the 80s, I remember rates in the 80s. They were in the teens, man. People were paying 14, 16% mortgages. Like, we don't realize that. But I'm just saying it was a different time. It was stock Mm -hmm. market. There wasn't tech. The industry was different. But in this day and age, too, if if you're like, well, when's a good time to buy? At least in our market, I tell people, like, dude, anytime. Why? Mm-hmm. Because if you're a long-term player, it's better to be in the game than be out of the game. I got if you. If you're not in the game at all, then talk to me in 10 years, and I'll say, hey, did you buy it back in 2022? Because we're now in 2032. You would have been like, oh, shoot. I should have bought in 2022. Now it's 20. I can go to the same people same. 10 years before, back in 2012. And have the same question. So some people are either going to always be in the game or they'll just never get in the game. And it's like, what side of the fence do you want to be in? Because if you're in the game, you're always going to play to win. But it's part of just riding the wave. It's knowing when to sell, knowing when to hold. But if you're long term, yeah, it's going to fluctuate. But, you know, if so it's, you got a lot of people that time that out. Yeah. Right. They're always like, oh, I want to get in on the dip. Look. You're not playing stocks, right? You can't. There's no way to predict a housing market bubble or crash. Yeah. Uh, you can see some some signs, uh, but you look at this economy and you look at where we're at here. Las Vegas was number three. Yeah. It seems like we're doing well economically, right? It, 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 people are still working and people are making money. Uh, I just feel that the uh, home affordability and the average buyer out there that's trying to buy into a house, 
is seeing that opportunity yeah. diminish just because I feel that um, discouragement. Well, yeah. I, I think that's, the, that's, that's what I feel. Yeah, and I think the ones that are really getting hit right now is like these these kids that are starting out. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my daughter's a friend of my daughter's. Uh, she he was looking at a place to rent, and it was two thousand dollars just to just to rent, just to get in the game, and uh, yeah. just to get a place of his own. So when it goes to like our market, they've been trying to get in um, to these houses, and they're going against. 20 other people or whatever, you know, and it, and I think the, the people that are going to affect the most are going to be the young people trying to get into the market. Yeah. But you know what? I'd say yes. And I also would say no, because okay. you, you, you have these young people. And again, we're in a different time, you know, where younger people are making a lot more money than they were back. That's when true. We grew up. That's true. They and the thing is, is it, and the thing yep. is, is, is um, I, I really feel strongly that, it's about educating our youth. I'm really big on that because, you know, like they don't know, like, where do we start? Where do I start? I mean, we, we came up from a different, if you kind of look at the 50s, 60s, 70s, the whole, the whole like unit of like what the house looked like right. was completely different. Yeah. Dad went to work, mom was at home baking pies, and then you're saving that's the key word right there. You said mom was at home. Mom was at home. Yeah, you only huge. needed one income. You needed that's one huge. income. Mom's home, holding down the fort. The yeah. kids are, you got to do good in school. And it's like you're, everyone's saving. You get that first home. Yep. And then in you know, 30 years, you pay off the mortgage. You got the house for the grandkids and this. But that's what we learned growing up. But as you know, things starting to change in the 70s, yeah. You know, like it was a totally different, you know, time. Stagflation. And, you know, yeah. yeah like and it's just, right now. Uh, you know, and, and there was different movements happening. Um, you know, and it, even before the 60s, I think even World War II, the dynamics started to change because we were in war. Men were at war. So women now had to work. So all of this started to change the dynamic of what the house, the home front looked like, right? And that started to change our whole economy and how we start looking at everything. The whole, And it's just that really kind of just started to have a ripple effect where now it's just, you know, it's we're in a different time, you know, and, and uh, everybody's making money. It's yeah. men, it's women, it's kids. So it's like, okay, so now what do we do? You know, what are we doing <clears throat> with that? And how does that, how does that affect the housing market? I think... I think education. I, you know, well, it, it, in order for any economy to grow, like you said, yeah. it's it's education, and so the kids have to be educated um, coming up. The ones that are coming up now, because I mean, I think our education system sucks. In fact, I know it sucks here in Las Vegas because my kids all grew up in it, <laughs> and uh, my wife. Was why hired. is it? Why is it so bad though? Like, what 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 they makes Las Vegas so bad? They don't. Well, they don't teach, and I don't know that they have the heart to teach. And I mean, I you know, growing up, I grew up in a little. Uh, uh, you know, kind of a cow town up in Oregon. And it was just, is there too much distraction or something? Is that what it is? Or there's just, I, I think it's, I think it's the, um, from, from what I've seen, um, and my kids have gone through, it's, it's the quality of teachers that we have here. And I don't know if they're held to a standard. I don't know that they're given, you know, the ability to, to teach so the student can, because if the teacher doesn't teach, the student doesn't learn, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I, I, I'd say yes and no. I, I think, you know, going back to what I was talking about, the evolution through technology, I think the education system currently is flawed because it's also antiquated. 
because exactly. they're, they're trying to stay within the same way that it was done 50, 60 years ago. You go in the class and this, I, I've seen with my own eyes, because my kids are also in the school system, and then I made a choice with my son. He was into gaming and computer technology. And that's like his, that was his passion. But like he's sitting eight hours, like how do I put this kid in an environment where he's gonna thrive quickly now versus he's gotta go through this trajectory of high school, college and this, and then he's gonna start learning. How do I get him to learn now? So, you know, and, and I think th there's these, you know, st st uh, STEAM programs, uh, these magnet programs that specialize in whatever, culinary, computer science that we have, but parents, again, it's the education, don't know that that's available for them. So I put my son in, in, in that, and he was learning kind of a craft in programming and this, that if he was in a regular school, he would never learn that. Right. So how do we accelerate that? Because technology is, is, is advanced so much. And the thing is, is, you know, I remember growing up when you're doing a report on, you know, the Amazon River, you go to the your file cabinet and go to the encyclopedia, <laughs> right? And ho you hope to God that yeah. there's an Amazon something in the in the encyclopedia. Because yeah. if not, you're screwed. You go back to the Dewey Decimal. Yeah, then system. you got to go to the library. Mom, can you take me yeah. to the library? Because I got to get a book because <laughs> it's not in the encyclopedias that you bought from the right. from the traveling salesman that <laughs> sold this thing to right. you, right? Right. Exactly. So 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 the thing is nowadays they're trying to teach where. You have all this technology where on YouTube and this, you have all this knowledge. Like you can go and say, hey, a brain surgery, something and look it oh, up. Yeah. And you could probably hotwire a car if you want to, just because you typed it in. Like, like it's, it's so advanced and the kids are learning at a much faster pace. Oh, yeah. So the, yeah. the, the amount of information and the content is not keeping up with that. And how do we stay on top of that? I was going to say this, so I think there's a lot, of, and I agree with what your your comments are, but there's a lot of kids that are millennials are the, the number one. Yeah, uh, I, I would say the genre of people right now buying a home, right? They're in that 33 yeah. age, you know, yeah. 30 years, yeah. maybe a little bit less, 28 to 33. So the the mindset that they have is completely different, though. And and I don't know how old you are, but for me, it's like I I went mm -hmm. to work. It was like my mindset was you got to go to school, work hard. Yeah. Things aren't entitled to you. You right. don't have entitlement. And I'm not saying that all of them feel that way, but think about it. You grow up with all you know is rates are so low, right? They're three to five percent for the most you know most of your life. That's all you know. And then you got you have things at your fingertips like all the computers yeah. and technology you can think of. And then there's multiple streams of of ways to make money and make fast money. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's maybe a contribution of like, for instance, if you ask somebody, hey, buying a house, is that a wise investment for you, right? Because we talk about housing. It's, it's, it's not, maybe it's not important to, to some of them. And, you know, it's weird because it's like, you know, on a weekend or this, I mean, I enjoy coming home, get the glass of wine, throwing the barbecue, inviting some friends over and hanging out. So but in this, day, you know, I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm looking forward to that weekend and you have the little garden or the pool or whatnot. But in this day and age, you tell the kids, it's like, hey, you want a, the barbecue and you're going to have, they're like, no, I'll just Uber eat it. And like yeah, what's important yeah. for us might not be important for them. That having certain elements in the home is not the same in the millennial mindset because they're not putting as much importance. They may want uh, more garage. Why? Because they'd rather have 10 cars than to have a barbecue and, 
yeah, it's just a, a wine cellar. Exactly. Like they're like, that's just not important to me. You or know, a game room or you know, yeah. exactly. So it, it, the mindsets change with millennials and, and, and part of that, I think developers as a whole, like builders, like how, what do you build? Like, what do you build? Because, well, that's, that's the question. That's the right? key because yeah. it's yeah. like, yeah. and that's why even with live homes, we, we, we came up with plans that are so flexible that can adhere to that millennial that you want the sauna, the media room and this, but you also, you can have that family with the next gen, you know, so it, it has to be a flexible plan because how the home looks is different now. I mean, the home is now the school. Mm-hmm. That's know, the number one, I would office. say. The yeah. home is now your office. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, The home is the place where, you know, it's your workshop. Like, so the home is, is changed. Yeah. And, and if we don't, you know, stay ahead of the curve with that, you know, we all are obsolete as, as a builder, you know, and, and, and before you know it, you know, it's going to yeah. affect. It's uh, and in, and in another case, you know, you're going to have uh, technology is going to take, um, it's already happening like with, with McDonald's or yeah. whatever the case, you know, they, uh, they have machines taking care of it. So this, this blue collar workforce may get depleted down to a point where they're going to have to do something from their home or, or figure out, you know, you know, what, one thing how that, to make one thing that history is, is as I mean, it taught me, but I've learned is eventually it comes full circle. Right. And as much as you want to put technology, you know, with live, for example, it's personalized living. It's powered by AI, but personalized. I, I, I do think that going back and having a personalized approach, like reaching out and touching some people aren't talking anymore. No. And you'd be surprised how much people miss in engagement do, in do they really oh yeah know? people miss that i miss it i mean i mean i'm cool with text but man i want to hear that voice i want to touch that presence. hand yeah. i want to be in the presence of a conversation yeah. this this kind of stuff i mean we could have done this you know over a phone but yeah. i prefer to you know pop a, a beer and hang out with you guys and have a conversation because that's what's missing and that's like with live homes how we're engaging with the consumer. Yeah, you can build your own home, but you know, we, we always wanted to make sure we put that personalized approach of having an interaction engagement with a human being, because at the end of the day, it's part of the human experience is to interact. Yeah. Yeah. I got a question for both of you. So I want to talk about this. So you look at this market, this housing market in Las Vegas, um, where do you guys think it's headed? I mean, because look, the reason I bring this up is a lot of people are sketchy. There's w- water problems. Uh, we're running out of land a little bit. Prices of homes are going crazy. So, I mean, do you feel like we're going to start to have a real issue in Las Vegas with uh, the housing market? Where do you think it's going to head moving in the next few months? I, I don't <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I, I, I see um, the the growth that is going north of the 215 right now mm-hmm. and up towards apex i mean apex was a thing back in the 2000 mid 2000s right and so as far as water goes um i you know i think i don't i don't think water is going to be an issue cuz almost 95% of that water from lake mead goes to san fernando valley yeah, I think I think it's ninety or ninety. It's a high percentage. Yeah, but yeah high we percentage. saw a lot of water to uh, California. So, yeah. So, so, so is that going to get is that going to get replenished? Like, I mean, if we shut it down, 
I mean, will the Rockies and, and the water start to flow back into Phillip Lake meet again, or is well, it going to take years to do that? Well, I believe we've got that Spring Mountain River that runs from. Yeah, we have an aquifer running under the valley. A lot of people yeah. don't realize and know that. I mean, it's we have we 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 have water, but the thing is, is are we tapping into all our resources? You know, and one thing you got to learn with. So there's reserve water we don't know about. You know, look the way again going back at history. I'm a history guy. I right? love history. Yeah. Um, look at the U.S. And you know, water is power. Uh, you know, so, so the U.S., a lot of people don't realize, as, uh, as a country, we have probably, we're, we're probably the wealthiest in oil in everywhere in the world. A lot of people don't realize that. And we're actually a natural resource of water and food. We're one of the biggest in the world for food. We, pro- we provide grain and things to export to most of the world and that's people don't realize that between us and china like we shut off the food supply everybody's the, everybody's so, so why are they making so, such a big is, difference but, about this but, you but know here, but but again uh, going back to the natural resources and oil we have but we're tapping in and getting oil from the middle east and this because we're keeping our natural resources so we're going to go and buy it and spend the money there and because we're we have we know we have it and in the same way with water it's the same way we're kind of a micro you know version of that it's like okay we're natural in a lot of resources here in nevada but we're going to make money as much as we can and then when we don't need it then we have i mean and, and again i'd hate to say that but that's what makes the world go round is money and and it and it's political and, and afford, you know that's just, that's just the nature of the U.S. economy, you know. Yeah. I'm sure you deal with a lot right. of people too that are like that higher. Yeah, you know, people that. I mean, you're buying a 2.8 million dollar home. You probably have a lot of connections with things, right? I mean, you, you probably hear a lot of stuff that you hear. I hear I some hear, things. You yeah, know, I hear some chatter. Some yeah, chatter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some some uh, cooler talk and hallway <laughs> yeah, chatter right? from time yeah. to time. So um, people want to know, like, what why why Las Vegas? Like, what do you what do you think? What's the best about Las Vegas, for your opinion? I mean, it's. I think it probably has one of the best lifestyles in the world. You yeah, know, if it, it, it's, you know, I, I've gone to a lot of places and really, yeah. And it's a few places in the world where you have the best food, best shopping, best experience of, you know, show entertainment, golf, you know, we have like more golf courses here. That's the best of the best service is amazing. And, uh, we're, we're so close to so much natural resource. I mean, you take a couple hour drive and you're like at Zion, some of the most breathtaking, you know, uh, natural parks in the world that people travel all over the world to see, um, you know, Lake Mead we have here. I mean, we're a 45 minute flight to SoCal and you're on the beach. I mean, I, I took a drive. Uh, I took my daughter on a drive a couple nights ago and it was hot. It was getting hot. And I was like, let's go on a drive. And we drove up to uh, Mount Charleston. Mm. It was so much cooler. It was still snow cap was able yeah. to see the stars and it was just a nice and i was like you know how long it took me i i kind of got lost with regards <laughs> to i'm not used to the building but that exit going up to mount charleston i remember was just like the last exit yeah. i pop off and it's like a community and i'm like sky canyons there yeah. and i'm like whoa i don't recognize this <laughs> it was, yeah. it was, it's changed it it's blown like- my mind but then literally from summerlin to there it took me 20 25 minutes and i'm up in the mountains 25 minutes. Yep. And I'm like, wow, like 
the access is so close. We just, we get so caught up in the day to day. Yeah. We forget that like, wow, we have so much, there's so many options that it's we have. Accessible. We're, yeah. We're, and that's, that's, and the is thing so. is not everybody knows that. And, and that's what kind of, we're kind of that little sleeper. You know, I, I've been kind of stressing that, you know, we're the best undervalued market on the West coast and, and yeah, but that's the, strongly changing, isn't it's it? It's changing, but still it's going to be like that for a while. I mean, I, we're not I, at three thousand bucks a square foot like these other supermarkets, you know. You know? And, I, and and I think I think we're only. I, I mean, as if you look at the entire valley, I think we're only at probably forty to fifty percent built out. Yeah, I mean, there, there's still I, a lot, a long a, ways to go, and we're on an island. Yeah, and, and there's definitely a long ways to go for sure. All right, so you guys have. Uh, let's kind of wrap this up because I know you got to go. No, I'm, uh, good. Wanna, I'm good. Yeah, I want to say a couple things. So. Um, Doug is a inspector, Las Vegas Home Inspections. So, Doug, talk us a little bit about what you're seeing with people out there in the market. Kind of give us a take about uh, how the market's, I don't know if it's shifting, but is it softening? And you see, I mean, you're still seeing the same activity as far as inspections? I, I'm seeing the same activity. I, I haven't seen anything slowed down yet. Really? What I have been seeing, though, is I've been seeing a lot more larger homes uh, go up. Um, I just got a call for an 11,000 square foot home the other day. I couldn't do it. But um, I guess the scope of work right there that, that as you go up in, in size, then yeah. you, then you're going to charge that person a little bit more money. Is that right? I mean, is that yeah. what typically happens? Because it's, it's a lot of it's the size of the scope of work, right? Yeah. And it's I mean, if you look at it, it's you're looking at the system. So basically you have you might have six air conditioning units and you might have four AC panels. Like I did one up in McDonald Ranch. It was a, uh, a four car like our six car, four car RV garage. And it had like a ton of, I don't even remember how many electrical wow. panels it had. It had like five, maybe yeah. four, five, six. And, and it had, um, um, it, it, there was, there was, uh, air conditioning units. I think there was, uh, or five. I think there was like five air conditioning units. So when I when I look at something, I'm I'm looking at the functionality of, of what it is that you know is is uh, supplying that house with whatever it needs, right? So or either that or looking at the uh, functionality of a roof, you know, whether it be a TPO membrane roof or whether it be a tile roof or a cement tile roof or an asphalt shingle roof, you know, there's different things to look at. So sometimes the scope gets more involved in what it is that I look at. And uh, yeah, of course, the price goes up a little bit because obviously you're you're in a longer period of time looking at uh, what the um, right the components of the house are. I have a question for him. That's yeah, a, you know, yeah. let's that's do interesting. it. You, yeah. um, what my first question is, you know, how long you been doing the inspections? About uh, I got my license in twenty. Okay, so you've been doing I, I mean, it for a little 2000. bit. So you so yeah. you've done a lot of different inspections of different year model homes. Yeah. In your opinion, since you've been doing it, right? Um, have you found? Um, I guess what year is the better built homes? Like you found, like wow, these homes maybe in this pocket built in the nineties, I find are better versus. This one built in ninety seven or two thousand. You're talking about the the contracting part of it, like the like as far as the the quality I, of the, the work, quality, the, the quality of work. Yeah, yeah. And, and what, I, what have you found? Have you been like, wow, I'm starting to find a pattern what, here? What's interesting is, is I think the late nineties. Yeah. why I bought a ninety five. Right. I bought a house it was America West home. Yeah. Built ninety five. I like the way they're pretty solid homes. Yeah. 
The code was totally different back then. Code was yeah, code was totally different. And when we got into sorry if I'm nerding out on this. No, it's no, all good. No, no, that's no, what no, I like to hear. That's cool. Go ahead. And uh, but what I did find was um, that they were going up so fast in uh, like the early two thousands, and it was there. There was things. There was electrical issues right. and it wasn't the attention to detail right. in the house. And actually the attention to detail was, I would say probably some of the better homes are in the nineties. And then as you got out of the two thousands, like you say, you got into the 2011 era there, the builders aren't putting like 30 homes in a phase and trying to sell those 30 homes, you know, trying to complete those 30 homes. They're putting, they're selling them as they go, I, right. th I think. Are they, are they worried about more about mass production versus just well, individual? In, in, the early is that two, what, in the early 2000s, right. it was all about mass productions and lotteries and, you know, everybody right. getting in there to get them. Yeah, because they, they just had to build gonna... them as fast. I remember people would move into their homes. I mean, when I got into real estate in the early 2000s, I think it was 2001, yeah. And I remember that spike and I remember I had clients, you know, you're so busy yeah. in the lottery and yeah. you're closing whatever, 30 deals a month or whatever it was. Yeah. And at the time, you know, they'd be, you'd be delivering a home and like the toilet is not even like, like put in right, yeah. right? you know, yeah. the, the sink you, you know, I'm not going to name builders, but you turn the water on. It's not even like it goes into like a wall, not even plugged into like plumbing. Yeah. Right. Like, there you know, a lot of, yeah, I learned in, in, in that era, yeah. you know, people call me crazy, but I always recommend when people are buying a new home, get a home inspection. I used to tell them back in the day when in the high production, I was like, well, yeah, but it's a new home. And I'm like, well, you still, it's yeah. worth the 250 or 300 bucks back then that you're paying for a home inspection for whatever, that $1,500 square foot house. Yeah. It's worth it because yeah. the, you can say, oh, well, this is not working, uh, you know? Yeah. these outlets don't work because as a consumer you're that first time home buyer like you don't know what to expect you don't know what to ask for yeah well, then, so. along with that what i what i try to do is if the minute they tell me they're a first time home buyer what i try to do is educate them right because i've not only do i do i inspect them and have probably done over 12 15 000 homes but i've also bought like eight homes since i've been right. here in the valley so you know, and they're all different eras, yeah. and ages and whatnot. And uh, and so what I can do is I can educate. And since my background is actually in soils, I kind of know where right houses, the foundation, the foundations and what they've done as far as grading and, and all that kind of stuff. You're like a and, geotech guy. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, man. That's See, man, awesome. that's where you, you're yeah. going to have the ne he's going to check out your next spot. That was my next question. <laughs> Hold on. My I, next I, question, I, I got, my, my lead up question to the, to the last question is, have you ever inspected a net zero home yet? No, I haven't. And, and, and the closest, the closest I've come is this. Explain, uh, explain what a net zero home is. So, Cause people might not know what that you know, is. So, so a net, was, go ahead. It was all, it was all lead before. Yeah. It so, so green. lead, yeah. Lead standards was a, let's say a standard, a point system, typically in commercial, but it, it's a more sustainable way of building. Mm -hmm. So there's certain things that you have to do through the process and to achieve that lead certification. Okay. You know, the department of energy rolled out a new program that we adopted as a builder, uh, as in the custom home space. 
at the time was called the Net Zero Challenge Home Program. Uh-huh. And it was above lead with regards to, it was a little bit more rigorous of the different standards, like the slab has a, a slab insulation, so that way there's no um, uh, you know uh, moisture that gets into the slab. At certain stages of the house, they do a reverse uh, negative pressure on it, smoke it, so they can see if there's leaks, so it's thermally, it's contained. Uh The ambient air stays cool, so it's like a thermos that's sealed, right? Right. Um, So all of this, this is just some of the things that uh, make up part of that program. And, and, you know, uh, what the goal is to have a higher performing home with better quality, better material, more sustainable, that um, when you add solar to it, you can basically have it at a net zero. The, the house with what you're producing is, is is sustaining itself, and that's net zero. And the reason I ask that is is you know I don't even think when you're training, like when you're getting your certificate, I don't think that's even a uh, discussion yet. It's no. you know, and 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 that's where you know I know where we're at. We're we're so far ahead. Okay, we're building a product that appraisers like. If we were to build net zero homes at that very entry level. Uh-huh. And you're doing a loan. Your debt to income ratio is different in like our home than a regular home. So if you do a KB home that's 2,000 square feet and we're a net zero home at 2,000 square feet, well, the KB home, you got your gas, power, and everything. And let's say your power bill is 800 a month in the summer, where ours, you're running at a zero power bill. So your buying power is different because your debt to income is different because. To live in this home, mm-hmm. your dollar goes a little farther because you're not spending that money. Yeah, you're not losing that eight hundred dollars. So, that, so, so yeah. how are appraisers looking at it? How are inspectors looking at it? And, and the thing is, is the deeper discussion that you know, I, I talked to someone in the association. How do we bring in these minds to? I don't want to say come up with a solution, but to educate and to also come up with solutions for lenders, for appraisers, for inspectors. So when you come into one of our homes on a custom level. You know what you're getting into. You know what you're looking for. You know, this is a net zero home. Maybe I need to check things differently. The solar differently. I need to check the insulation different. So all of these things, we're not there yet. But, you know, I'd love to partner with inspectors and say, hey, this guy's got a net zero certification inspector. For this home, you need to call this type of home inspector. Right. No, I, I can see where that would definitely be yeah. an advantage because, I mean, you go into a standard home, you know, and you go in and, and you look at these uh, framing, safe framing, yeah. for example, you know, and just the, the framing in it is going to be a whole lot different, I think, in your net zero. We're, we're, we're doing steel stub framing. I, I figured you wow. probably would be. So it's like a different, and, whole different process. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't react the same as, right. as what a wood would. And um, no. So, yeah, anyway, yeah, so I, I think that's a great idea that uh, you come in and, and you say, okay, oh, so you're not going to use any gas. There is no gas. We're going to have gas because, you know, uh, I was a big uh, supporter of that because my tortillas have to be on <laughs> gas. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just yeah, kidding. Right? But no, but you know what? You know, with, you know, you got to have the gas stuff. You know, you got to have that gas barbecue, the yeah. fire pit. So, again, but, on but a luxury no. product. It's something that's there. It's an offering. You know, you want your uh, wolf burners and yeah. whatnot. It, it's different. You know, I mean, if you're into cooking, you know, you don't, you know. Yeah, it's true. You don't want to The pasta electric. doesn't boil the same uh, <laughs> uh, uh, on right. electric, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. 
But it's that. true though that tortillas are not as good. They're not man. on electric as, gotta, as they are on gas. What else you got you gotta, to say about this? Uh, got to see the sizzle. I'm right? just saying you got to see the sizzle. <laughs> I'm all about the sizzle. <laughs> That's right, baby. All right, oh, so Doug, man. let's say this, man. Let's wrap yeah. it up because right. we got to go. Uh, first off, inspections. What what are you seeing out there? You know, obviously, if somebody, you know, we'll have all all of Doug's contact information. Uh, home inspections, Las Vegas home inspections. So, tell us, you know, anything else you want to add to what uh, we talked about? Uh, the um, I, well, like I was saying, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of first time home buyers out there that are trying to get into the market. Um, I think there uh, there's a lot of homes right now that are uh, you're you're seeing a I'm seeing a lot of people getting into the. Um, <laughs> Used to be the two hundred thousand dollar range. Now it's the three hundred fifty thousand dollar range. Is that a lot premium for you? Two hundred thousand, <laughs> right? Hey, uh, hold on, <laughs> let me chew on my tortilla. I'm not answering that question. Yeah, right. That's, and uh, so, yeah, that, there's a big fight. From what I see, there's a big fight for the three hundred fifty thousand dollar range right now. And and uh, there's a uh, and the other thing I'm seeing too is, is a lot of um, a lot of uh, seniors. Up in the uh, Anthem area, you know, yeah. like the, they're they're buying into the uh, they're they're either coming in from out of state. A lot right. of them are coming in from out of state, and and I'm sure you've seen it, but they're uh, they're coming up into Anthem and they uh, uh, the Sun City Anthem. And I don't know, I don't do as many up in Del Webb, but um, I'm I'm seeing a lot up in Sun City Anthem. Um, and then, like I said, the uh, the, the big the big homes I I did up one up in uh, McDonald Highlands, and uh, they were right at the top of the hill there, and they had just a phenomenal house. Um, I think I, I think it was probably like a six seven eight million dollar house. I don't even know, but it was uh, you know like ten thousand square feet, eight thousand square feet, something like that. But it was just a phenomenal phenomenal view on the house. But wow. there's been a few of them uh, that that uh, I. I it's nothing for, I talked to a lender friend of mine, it's nothing for a $1,000, $2,000 appraisal to come through anymore. Yeah. Where it used to be like four fifty, five hundred, six hundred for an appraisal. No, it's just increased. Yeah, it's just, she says on a daily basis, they're mostly $1,000 appraisals. And she goes, it's nothing for these $2 million homes to come through. You know what? It's crazy. I was, uh, everything's gone up. Yeah. I mean, I remember when like a Thrifty's ice cream was like a quarter. <laughs> Hey, first off, what's thrifties, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> what's thrifties? I, I saw one over here in Henderson, yeah. you know, on Pecos. Pecos. I walked in there and I was like, oh man, it's thrifties. It remi reminds me of my, you know, yeah. nostalgia. And I walked in and I was like, yeah, I'll have a scoop. It was like, I don't know, three, four bucks. For yeah. one scoop? Yep. Yeah, for a scoop. You know, it's crazy. It's like, I remember doing that too, thrifties. And then uh, we'd always... You have to shop at Pick and Save sometimes. Yeah, man. I remember. Just go in there. It's like the new dollar store. It's like dude. Pick and Save was the old dollar store. You know, you go <laughs> in there and it's like, dude, I was, I was rocking. I used to be like back to school. It's like Montgomery Ward. It's like I'm yeah. like people are like, what is that? I'm like, dude, if you know, you know. You know? Yeah, right? Exactly, dude. Yeah. It's, so well, hell, and now it's Sears, right? Yeah, but I mean Sears. You know, it's it, life yeah. has changed for yeah. sure. Technology. So I want to end the show, guys. I'm going to say uh, check out uh, Live Homes, and I want to say thank you so much for Steve Escalante coming on. And and Steve, you know what? If somebody wanted to uh, reach out to you, I'm, we're going to have all your contact information. What's the best way for somebody to get started if they you know, if they see this video? If they see that, you know, definitely go to live l i v v dot com. You know, and and they can go in, they can schedule a call right on the website. We have an amazing sales team. 
um, that'll walk you through the whole process, guide you, pick your lot, and and uh, and, and just see what the yeah, whole nice. live experience is all about. I mean, we're we're all about it. So, are, um, so these uh, people, these good. people, just one last thing is these people are really looking. For not the traditional cookie cutter style custom home, right? This it's is this is for that that discerning client that wants luxury and is it's important to them. It's not the cookie cutter because within one community, luxury looks different to everybody. One hundred percent. And we wanted to create a product that is like you know you, you go into a luxury store and you know you gravitate to what's important to you, and that's what this with this with this product with this. Uh, these communities, you know, whether, you know, again, if, if you're into the cold glam, you got it. If you're into the low key vibe and, and beachy, you got it, you know, and, and if you want modern and, and a minimal feel, you got it. So that's, that's the beauty of live homes. The more you live, like there's the more, more the home. So we just want you to live. I mean, it's absolutely kind of simple, but you know, just, just live. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it. We're going to end the show here. Like I said, uh, thank you so much. If you guys have any questions, you know, we'll have leave them in the comment section. Also, we'll have uh, Steve, uh, Steve's information. Also, Doug's information. If you guys need an inspector, Steve, call him. He, You know, he's got a lot of knowledge in the housing industry. He has a great website here, Live Homes. And uh, you guys want to ch check that out. Call him. This is the most real and behind the scenes information on financing, real estate, money talk, entrepreneurs going on in Las Vegas. I'm your host, Dan French, and I'll see you guys at the next one. Thank you for watching the French Workbench podcast. Yeah, you can cool. find us here nice. every yeah, thanks for coming at 6 p.m. Yeah. and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. to find out all the information on real estate and financing here in Las Vegas. Also, check us out on our LV Home Professionals website. You can find your future home there. A lot of good information. And you can find us on audio-only options through SoundCloud and iTunes.